I think that is part of fundamental trading to understand the fundamentals and, and things that are coming down the pipeline, what companies are introducing Web 3.0. Uh, it gives you opportunity to invest early and also get access early. On this episode of Early Bird, Jamar James, professional trader and cryptocurrency coach known as Digital Currency Guy. Jamar joins the podcast today to talk about everything you need to know about DeFi, Web 3.0, NFTs, and the metaverse. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Jamar, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited. We're going to talk about so many important topics that today's retail investors um, need to know about, Uh, especially, you know, here we are in 2022, and these are some important topics to talk about, DeFi, Web 3.0, including NFTs and the metaverse. Uh, but before we get into these topics, um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself in like, I don't know, 30 seconds. G- give a little bit seconds. about your bio- bi- biography, if you can, a very short Reader's right. Digest version, if, if that's all right. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, since, uh, you know, my name is Jamar James. I'm known as uh, DCG, which is a digital currency guy. Uh, I, ha- I ran a de- uh, decentralized uh, group, and it's a mastermind of traders. Uh, we go through stocks, options, forex, crypto. And uh, I specialize in the crypto side, swing trading, day trading. Uh, I've been invested in crypto since 2016. Uh, I own a lot of virtual land. I earn a lot of NFTs, but uh, I'm really a swing trader. I train, um, I trade momentum, and um, I've been able to uh, be successful swing trading since 2017. So we started a group out in 2016, 2017. I started teaching others how to trade momentum and trade volume uh, without using any charts. Fantastic. And I, I really like your your background. You know, you, you've you been trading for some time even before you got into cryptocurrency and, and you've had a big uh, focus on trying to close the wealth gap and, and you think crypto can be a big part of that, it sounds like. Yeah, so, you know, cl- closing the wealth gap, um, you know, crypto and trading. Trading has been around since the beginning of time. Um, you know, bartering, uh, real estate and information and I think it's an opportunity, even during you know the period of COVID, uh, traders were still able to um, you know be on lockdown and accumulate a lot of wealth uh, through trading. Cryptocurrency with the volume, uh, with the transparency, you know, gives a trader a huge advantage to trade the markets because we can see everything that uh, is moving on the blockchain. Yeah. So uh, when I enter into the crypto space. I just felt trading was so much easier because you could actually track the momentum so much easier with the tools that are available 
And so it actually levels the playing field mm-hmm. between institutions and, and the regular people now. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's pretty amazing what we've seen with cryptocurrency, what it did in 2021, what it's starting to do here in 2022. And related to that um, is certainly DeFi and Web 3.0, which we'll talk about right now. Uh, but before we get into a deep discussion in it, real quick, uh, Jamar, how, how would you uh, define what uh, DeFi is for the audience? Um, so DeFi is decentralized finance. You know, historically, we've had a central central exchange or a central location or a central country that control currency. And meaning that, you know, if you're in the United States, you use the dollar. Uh, if you're in Mexico, you use the peso. If you're in Japan, you use the yen. Uh, and they were centralized currencies. Uh, decentralized means that, you know, crypto, it is decentralized. No one owns it. Everyone can use it. And with the introduction of DeFi, uh, it changes, you know, liquidity pools. You could actually provide liquidity and earn to, you know, basically supply the bank with funds. Right. Uh, and, and that is what decentralized decentralization really is, is a bunch of people coming together to fund a bank, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fund a exchange. And so now instead of the bank earning the interest, people can earn the interest. And so that is the beauty of decentralized finance is that now uh, any of us can start and, and own our own bank or become our own bank through DeFi. Mm. It, it, it sounds certainly related to cryptocurrency, although certainly cryptocurrency bigger than DeFi, right? Uh, I, I think, I think you know, DeFi is a big part of cryptocurrency. So uh, you know, before before mm-hmm. we had only a few coins uh, when it first started, Bitcoin, you know, Litecoin, uh, a few coins that were uh, developed by the community. But now with the DeFi space, it is liquidity providers that are, are coming in and a lot of money are flowing into the markets providing you know, creating a bigger market for crypto i've heard from a lot of investors over the year that oh i've heard of DeFi. what is it should i should i get into it you know i'm starting to get into cryptocurrency what, what are some of the the benefits and advantages of DeFi from an investor's standpoint um, so the the advantages is that you can move a lot of money and you can earn the majority of interest so there's DeFi exchanges that are popping up that are paying, you know, a thousand percent to provide liquidity and giving giving the investor huge returns to support the projects early. And as more investors come, their their liquidity and their interest rates gets lower, but it can go from two or three thousand percent and down to two to three hundred percent over a period of three or four or five months. But you've doubled your money in a short amount of time by providing liquidity. So for investor, that is the upside. It is that you can you have the freedom to pull your money out at any time. You're not locked in to a um, you know majority. You can find provide liquidity without being locked in for long periods of time, and you have complete control over pulling in and out. Mm. I, I could see why that that's that's sort of empowering, um, especially for a lot of traders. Um, who want to have sort of the power of a bank, it almost sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, that, is the, that is the empowerment aspect of it is that we have a decision that, hey, you know, we're going to provide liquidity. And as a trader, um, you know, even when the market is moving up and down, we're still able to generate returns by providing this liquidity in crypto. 
And so, yes, it does. It gives, it gives us a lot of power uh, and a lot of earning potential. So in addition to talking about the benefits of DeFi, I do want to talk a little bit about the pitfalls. Um, okay. In the crypto world, uh, DeFi is known as, at least some people call it the Wild West of crypto. Right. Um, there was a report out um, at, at the end of 2021 that found that fraud and theft in DeFi invest, investments have increased over 600% since 2020. Um, what, what, what should investors know about all these sort of the dangerous uh, side of DeFi? So there, there is a, a real dark side to DeFi, meaning that there is bad actors that have no intentions on keeping these exchanges up, you know, or releasing coins that are um, 100% frauds from the beginning. You know, and they're and then they have rug pulls. They have uh, breaches, and some exchanges have breaches where all the liquidity is drained out, meaning that people that invested in the, you know, in the bank, someone went in and robbed the entire vault. So you know, there's definitely a skill in embedding projects to make sure that you're not investing in a fraudulent project. You know, sometimes there you can check wallets on the blockchain, and you'll see that a wallet will have 98 percent holding 98% of the coins, or you'll see that you only can send, uh, uh, you only cannot, the, the wallet is only receiving, uh-huh. and it's not sending. So you can send in money and then there's, uh, you know, they have no intention on allowing you to sell it. There, there's there's been a lot of talk talk Jamar about you know we need more regulation in DeFi you know because there are all these scams around. Do do you agree that there should be more regulation uh, to, um, to prevent these scams? You no, know, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword. You know, part of crypto is giving ownership to the individual, and as you get more regulation, it takes it away. So you know, for me personally, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of cross. I think that. I think, you know, g- generic, generic uh, regulation is good, but I also think the government has a tend to overstep and regulate it to a point where it's almost criminal. You know, we should have some free will and, and some rights to, uh, you know, do do as we please with our funds, as you know, individuals. Mm-hmm. But then there should be some punishment from you know, people, bad actors that are, you know, scamming people. So I, I do feel that there should be consequences for people that are scamming and, and, and doing fraudulent things, but I also don't want the government, I don't want to give the, 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 the power to the government to, um, you know, have politicians make laws and regulations that don't benefit the people. It, it sounds like to me, um, it's all about finding that happy medium. You know, that good balance between um, allowing people to operate freely with their cash and their money and their funds, but also ensuring that these uh, scams don't occur. So that way, DeFi can live up to its dream of of making a big difference in the world. Right. I mean, I think criminals should be punished. I mean, you know, if you're doing, I mean, that is a human, you know, that is the government's, you know, job is to. Um, keep the public safe, but don't suppress the ability to to generate income and, and make a living for for individuals. Good point about DeFi. When we return, we'll hear from Jamar about how Web 3.0 is related to crypto and how to make money with NFTs. But first, 
Let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. Jamar, when we are looking at cryptocurrency and DeFi and a lot of the big trends in that arena as far as investors are concerned, one of the other concepts that continually uh, comes up is Web 3.0. Um, could could you uh, quickly ex- explain what Web 3.0 is? Yeah, so it's, it's basically the, the introduction and evolution of the Internet um, and the introduction of cryptocurrency and wallets into the Internet. So historically, we've had, you know, usernames and passwords, uh-huh. right? And a person can use a username and password to log into a site. Well, Web 3.0 is, is really kind of the introduction of uh, having access based on what you have in your wallet or having a wallet connecting in and and basically um, it's going to restrict access based on who you are or what what things you're holding uh-huh. and so that is kind of the evolution like you know for a business owner hey if this person has this NFT they can get access to this information uh, sort of like COVID right you know uh, certificate of valid validation ID Right. If you have a COVID test, you can get into a certain building. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a future that's going to be um, access driven. And I think that's a big part of Web 3.0. So with Web 3.0 um, and its connection to having a decentralized web and its usage of blockchains, is that how it's related to cryptocurrency? Yeah, so exactly. I mean, right now you you're able to. That's why that's why the big thing is in NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a certain NFT in your wallet, they can check your wallet, check what NFTs are, and they can get that wallet particular access based on a non-fungible token that they're holding. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a big part of Web 3.0 is, you know, giving guys access based on things that are dropped onto their wallet, things that they're holding. Uh, that is a big part of uh, the the merger of cryptocurrency and also. Uh, Web 3.0. So let's say you're an investor and you um, trade cryptocurrency. Do you think it is critical for a cryptocurrency trader to be uh, very familiar with Web 3.0 and how it works? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think that is part of fundamental trading to understand the fundamentals and and things that are coming down the pipeline, what companies are introducing Web 3.0. It gives you opportunity to invest early and also get access early you know right now you have companies like adidas and nike that are getting into um you know nfts and getting into the web 3.0 based on having certain passes uh you know you guys have heard about snoop dogg having land on the metaverse Uh and having parties that that if you have to have a special access to get access to i think investors will you know traders can make a lot of money if they were fundamentally you know, aware of what's going on with certain corporations and companies that are entering into NFTs and metaverse. Mm-hmm. It gives you opportunity to invest early and, and enjoy the, the 
the increase in price based on speculation of where it's going. I do want to talk about NFTs and the metaverse in a second, but sticking, uh, I guess, onto Web 3.0, you know, some of the criticism I've heard from from Web 3.0 is that it's just a buzzword, you know, uh, used in, in marketing ploy. Um, well, what do you think about some of those criticisms? Um, I mean, it is kind of like how people introduce, I guess, Facebook to okay. real estate. And a lot of a lot of agents were like, you know, that silly, um, you know, Facebook isn't going to, you know, change the way we do real estate. And then you look up six years later and all the old school realtors are gone. And now everyone is doing that advertising on advertising homes. I I think it's premature to write something off in the early stage. Uh, It just hasn't been adopted yet, but the, the change happens fast. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned NFTs. What, in a nutshell, what what is an NFT? <laughs> um, you know, a, a NFT is a non fungible token, which is a representation. It could be a a a album, or I mean, it could be a song. It could be a digital, uh, any kind of digital asset that either it could be art, it, it could be anything that you can pass on digitally that is created and you can track the creator. So it, it's a proof of authenticity, uh, a proof of uh, something being authentic on a blockchain. Mm-hmm. And it, instead of it being a coin, like a currency, it is a digital asset that you can pass on and transfer ownership uh, and track the ownership of that asset. The NFTs have certainly caught on the past year. A lot of investors, a lot of people are interested in them. Why do you think they've, they've become mainstream? Um, well, it, it's a way for people to, you know, one, it's a way for people to carry wealth or to prove ownership um, of, of something. And there's a, there's a, also a strange way that you can make money with NFTs. Uh, there's also, you know, uh, scarcity, right? Scarcity, there's limited amounts. And so if I created an NFT that only had 10 and I was popular and I had a large audience, now the entire world could bid on this, these 10 NFTs that I hold. You know, if I was a famous art artist in San Francisco, you know, sometimes people would have to fly in to view the art at the art house and to bid on it at an auction house. Now you're having the auction that's open to the entire world and all they need is a digital pass to bid on it. Yeah. So now instead of you having a thousand buyers that are trying to bid on your auction, you have a million buyers trying to bid on the same piece, which for the artist and for the person that owns the intellectual, you know, authentic piece, you know, it, it creates it creates income, it creates demand, and it also rewards the holders for buying it. Yeah. So uh, NFTs, you know, they've taken off in the past year. Um, value of many NFTs has also gone up. One criticism of NFTs that we keep hearing about is it's a bubble, and the prices right. just keep going up. What What do you think? Is is NFT, uh, NFTs remind you of a bubble? Uh, it definitely does because there are so many NFTs that are being created that don't have any value, they don't have any utility. Mm-hmm. So when you have the general population that are investing blindly into NFTs and not knowing anything about it or anything about demand, then at some point the bubble pops, meaning that, you know, people withdraw their money because they've, they've bought in or they've been scammed or, or they've paid overpaid for so much that they get turned off 
And, you know, we go through cycles. I mean, you know, there's a lot of retail people that get in late. And when they get in late or they buy their own projects, they call it a scam and and, and people withdraw, right? Because the price goes down. Yeah. Uh, but then it recovers, you know, with solid projects. So the most important thing is to buy into solid projects that have utility. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Totally. I, I think you got to find the value in it. Um, certainly NFTs are still going to carry their controversy. The other term that you kept mentioning was metaverse. I guess real quick, what what is the definition of, of metaverse and how is it related to cryptocurrency? Right. So, you know, metaverse, it really stands for beyond the universe, right? Beyond, be, beyond the physical world. And so what metaverse is, is a should be a decentralized world that's digital uh-huh. uh, that you are able to duplicate and, and buy things in the, in the in the universe, which is a digital world. Uh, everything that you do in the, in the physical world is a duplication in the metaverse, which you know allows you to have an avatar, allows you to have an economy, uh, wearables and fashion, and um, you know it's like the Sim City that is that we can play the characters <laughs> that we can build our own characters inside a sim- simulated city. Mm. Uh, the metaverse is, is, you know, it started off as, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, all in a mix. And the technology has evolved uh-huh. to allow people to, you know, imagine owning the Mario brother inside the Nintendo super Mario game. <laughs> you know, now we're able to invest and support the games or, support the arenas uh, and do things through technology. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine counseling done in the metaverse where you don't have to actually drive in and see the, see the therapist that you can actually, you know, yeah, you can use Zoom or you can play inside of a game that it gives you the, all the same ability that you have in, in the real world. And, so, and in the metaverse, you can, of course, trade crypto as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, you, you can trade crypto, you can invest in it. Uh, you know, everything... It's digital. So whereas in our world, we have physical coins and cash, but that's also going away here in, in the real world as well. Yeah. Everything is kind of turning digital. You're right. It is. It is all becoming digital. I mean, so w- w- when you look at DeFi and Web 3.0, NFTs, the metaverse, cryptocurrency, you know, I always say to uh, listeners, definitely reach out to a professional financial advisor. But what advice would you give, Jamar, to uh, retail investors who are, are interested in getting into this space? Um, you know, for me, it is about community. Um, never trust one source. You know, the reason why I have a mastermind community is because I, I believe that there's protection in numbers. Um, you know, if you read something on the Internet, if, you know, I'd rather deal with real people. Uh, people that's actually doing it and we're experiencing things because technology changes so fast. A lot of the videos that you watch, they're old. Uh, six months ago, a year ago, you know, a lot of people weren't talking about NFTs. Now they are. Uh, two years ago, no one was really talking about being a DeFi farmer. So things move so fast. And I think there's protection in communities and in, in working with guys that are actually doing it, not just teaching it. Makes sense. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you, you def community is going to be extremely valuable. Getting the right information is going to be incredibly important. Um, Jamar James, thank you so much for coming on and explaining all of these concepts. DeFi, Web 3.0, NFTs in the metaverse. Um, before we wrap up, I, I, I just have one final question, and it's the big question of uh, today's <laughs> discussion. 
Here, here is the question. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which three apps would you keep? Uh, which three apps would I keep for right now? It would most likely uh, definitely keep in Facebook. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely keeping uh, crypto.com. And I'm definitely keeping um, my Discord. <laughs> Thank you again to Jamar James for sharing your insights on DeFi and Web 3.0. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.